And in light of this sobering truth, I want to say a word to those who are directly involved in being counseled at Lakeside. If you are a counselee in that ministry, don't take your counseling sessions lightly. Don't do that. Every time you are given an assignment by your counselor who is under the directive of the elders and you don't do it, sort of like you have an option about this, you don't do it, you don't heed your counselor's counsel, you are in rebellion to the Lord and his leaders and you are putting yourself in grave spiritual danger. God doesn't really like our version of independence where we can listen to the authority he places over us and then decide whether or not we want to heed what they are saying. Truth isn't optional. God's authority isn't optional. We either submit and obey or we are in contempt and rebellious. It's amazing how many people listen to the word of God week after week and walk away unchanged. We need to let the Holy Spirit develop an attitude of willingness in our hearts. We need to tell the Lord before He even speaks to us through His Word, Whatever you want, Lord, that's what I want. There are similarities between a church and a body. It doesn't work very well at church if everybody does their own thing and no one tries to listen to anyone else or tries to help anyone else. A church isn't a bunch of individuals who meet for an hour on Sunday and then go their separate ways until the next time. It's a body, a living, breathing body where every part needs the other parts in order to function well. If every part does its own thing without taking into consideration what the others are doing, well, you can imagine what that looks like. You are listening to Verse by Verse, a radio ministry of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Stop by and visit the church sometime. We'd love for you to attend a service. The kind of teaching you hear on Verse by Verse Radio is what you will get in all the ministries of the church. We are located at 1893 Sunset Point Road, Clearwater, halfway between U.S. 19 and the beaches. You can get directions and service times at our church website, lakesidechapel.com, or call us at 727-441-1714. If you are looking for a place to grow in your faith, check us out. Our Bible teacher is Pastor Steve Kreloff. Steve has been teaching the Word of God for many years and has been pastoring at Lakeside for over 30 years. He has a lot of experience and a lot of wisdom. Let's listen together to today's message, which is talking about the need to listen and obey the teaching of the elders in our churches. Here's Pastor Steve. You see, when the apostles... In the early days of the church in Jerusalem, faced the question of who was going to take care of feeding the widows of that church, they delegated this work to others. We read in Acts chapter 6, verses 2 and 4, we read this. Here's what the apostles said to the entire congregation. They said, it's not desirable for us, meaning we apostles, to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables, meaning in order to take care of all the widows in our, in our church who we have to distribute food to. Remember, they didn't, have, they didn't have government help in those days at all. So they said it's not desirable for us to neglect the word of God to do that. Now, it's a wonderful thing to wait on tables and serve widows, but not for the apostles, not to neglect the word of God. That wasn't their calling. They had to spend time in the word. And that's why they said in verse four, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So they said, find some men that we can delegate this task to. 
So how do elders avoid getting caught up in the day-to-day operation of the church and all the endless amount of administrative details that threaten to keep them from the time they need to study and to pray for the needs of the people of the church? Like the apostles, they have to select and appoint others in the church who they can delegate certain responsibilities to. And the Bible addresses this aspect of church leadership, this need in the church for others to come alongside of elders and help them, is referred to in Scripture by the words deacons and deaconesses. You see, in the church at Jerusalem, seven godly men were chosen to oversee the task of the food distribution to the the widows on a daily basis. Now, although these men are not specifically in Acts 6 called deacons, in essence, they they were the first deacons, and this is apparently where the office of a deacon originated. I want you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3, because Paul addresses deacons, and you can't do a study on leadership in the church and not address the issue of deacons. In 1 Timothy 3, Paul directly speaks about the office of a deacon, and I will add to that females who are deacons, called deaconesses. I'll explain that in a moment. After spending the first seven verses of this chapter discussing elders and their qualifications, Paul then proceeds to discuss the deacons, the deaconesses, and their qualifications. Notice. What he says, starting at verse 8, deacons likewise, the likewise is there because he's just spoken about elders. Deacons likewise must be men of dignity, not double-tongued, or addicted to much wine, or fond of sordid gain, but holding to the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. These men must also be tested. Then let them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. Women must likewise, and I take it he means the women who serve as deaconesses. In some of your Bibles, it's translated, by the way, wives. Um, That's not the exact word here. The, The word is women. It could be translated wives, but it makes no sense that he'd be talking about the wives of deacons since he didn't mention the wives of elders. So it is better, in my view, to see this as Paul saying women who serve as deaconesses. Those would be women who serve other women in the church in an official capacity. Women must likewise be dignified, not malicious gossips, but temperate, faithful in all things. Deacons, now he returns to the men. Deacons must be husbands of only one wife and good managers of their children and their own households. For those who have served well as deacons obtain for themselves a high standing and a great confidence in the faith that's in Christ Jesus. Now, apart from these few verses, the passage in Acts chapter 6 about the first deacons in the church at Jerusalem, and one other statement in Philippians chapter 1, verse 1, in which Paul simply mentions deacons, doesn't say anything about them, just mentions that they were there, we really know very little about the office of deacon and deaconess in the early church. In other words, apart from this brief glimpse into the work of the deacons in Jerusalem, we really don't know what the deacons in the early church did. Now, we know they needed to be spiritually qualified. They, we know they needed to be men and women who, uh, of God. The qualifications 
speak to that issue. They need to be godly. Only real thing that Paul doesn't add to the uh, qualification of a deacon or deaconess is that they, they don't have to be apt to teach. Elders do, but deacons and deaconesses don't. But they need to be of the same caliber. But apart from this glimpse of the work of deacons in Jerusalem serving tables, we don't know what the deacons in the early church did. But, however, this lack of biblical information about deacons is really a positive thing. It's not negative. And I believe it's quite intentional by God because what it tells us is that the work of deacons and deaconesses will vary from church to church. In other words, every local church is going to have different responsibilities for their deacons and deaconesses because the elders of the various churches where they serve are going to need their assistance in all different types of works. There, there's no one work that you lock a deacon into. See, the modern day stereotypical image of a deacon in our, in our culture, the church in our culture, is that he's a man who serves on an official board in the church. He's just in a room. He makes decisions about the way the church is to function. But the biblical image of a deacon and a deaconess is that they are official servants of the church. In fact, that's what the word deacon means, a servant. Men and women who are available to do, note this, whatever the elders need them to do in assisting them in ministering to the people. In other words, there is no one specific kind of task that deacons and deaconesses do. They do whatever is needed in their church to serve the people. So, in answer to the question then, what do elders do? They do all kinds of things centered around the teaching of the Word of God as they care for the well-being of the church, and they are assisted by official deacons and official deaconesses who are the servants, official servants of the church. Now, there's one final question, then, that I, I need to ask, and we need to look at this. Is this, what then is the church's responsibility to its leaders? Now, I know that we've already looked at what Paul told the Thessalonians, that a congregation is to appreciate, to highly esteem, to love those who lead the church. But beyond what Paul said to the Thessalonians, there is one other very important verse that addresses this issue. Very important. I'd like you to look at Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. This is critical. You can't do a study on the church and leave this out. Hebrews 13, verse 17. The writer to the Hebrews says this. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. The exhortation here by the inspired writer to the Hebrews is that the church is to both obey and to submit to its leaders, to its elders. They, in other words, they are to obey what their elders say in terms of teaching them the word of God. When they teach the word of God, they are to obey the word of God as well as any other church related Directives, policies, procedures, things like that, that are not specifically addressed in Scripture. And in addition to obeying, they are to obey with the right heartfelt attitude of submission. He says, obey and submit. Don't just do it on the outside, but from your heart. 
Submit. Don't be rebellious. Don't look upon these men with suspicion and wonder, well, why do they tell us to do this? And God says that the reason that the church is to obey and submit to its leaders is because its leaders have been given the heavy responsibility of watching over the souls of those in the congregation. Watching over the souls of those in the congregation. Now, folks, do you realize what this means? How critical a truth this is? If you are a member of this church, then God has placed you under the spiritual care of the elders of Lakeside. It's one reason why people should be members of the church and not just I'm sitting in the pew listening. There's, there is that aspect of who are you responsible to? You're a member. You're telling us you are responsible to us. So if you're a member of this church, then God has placed you under the spiritual care of the elders of Lakeside. Their work then is to watch over your soul in order to make sure that you are spiritually safe and growing in Christ. And according to what we read here in Hebrews 13, the elders will someday have to give an account to God as to what they did in leading you. In other words, when each elder at Lakeside stands before the Lord Jesus, he will have to answer to him for the way he served you as a pastor. So just as you are accountable to your elders, so your elders are accountable to God himself. And because of this accountability, the writer to the Hebrews, note this, he exhorts each of us to make sure that we don't make the work of the elders any more difficult and challenging than it already is. How would you do that? By refusing to obey and submit to them. This is why he says, let them do this. What is the this? By this he means, let them watch over your souls. Let them do this, watch over your souls with joy. Why with joy? Because of your obedience. Rather than with grief. Why grief? Because of your disobedience. And he adds as a warning at the end of verse 17, and I might add a very sober warning, that if you disobey your elders, this, he said, would be unprofitable for you. That's really an understatement. Listen very carefully. According to what we read here, those of you who are engaged in unrepentant sin, either by not obeying God's word or by some attitude of rebellion in your heart against the authority and directives of this church's leadership, you are in grave spiritual danger. Your disobedience is not only unprofitable to you, it is downright harmful to you. As I said, it's an understatement to say it's unprofitable to you, like sort of it's not real good. It's beyond that. It's it's harmful to you. You see, if you don't repent of something you're aware of, that, that you're in sin, you claim to know Christ, but you don't repent, you are in danger of being chastised at any moment severely by the Lord himself. How does he do this? He does it any way he sovereignly chooses to do it. There's no one answer to that. He may send some physical disability into your life. He certainly, in the case of the Corinthians, took some of their lives because they didn't take the Lord's Supper seriously. So he may send some physical disability into your life. He might crush you financially. He might send some hard and difficult circumstance into your life. 
Or he might, and he often does this, just let you fall more deeply into sin and experience the devastating consequences and effects of your behavior. And in light of this sobering truth, I want to say a word to those who are directly involved in being counseled at Lakeside. We have a very wonderful biblical counseling ministry at Lakeside. If you are a counselee in that ministry, don't take your counseling sessions lightly. Don't do that. Every time you are given an assignment by your counselor who is under the directive of the elders, and you don't do it, sort of like you have an option about this. You don't do it. You don't heed your counselor's counsel. You are in rebellion to the Lord and his leaders, and you are putting yourself in grave spiritual danger. This is not something to be trifled with because you're not charged a large amount of money. In fact, it is our ministry to you. You might think, well, this isn't that important. It is the most important time of the week for you to take heed. Don't don't fool around with that as if you have all the time in the world to just spend with your counselor. And they have all the time in the world to just tell you what to do. But you have an option on whether you want to do that. If you don't do what they say to do biblically, then God will deal with you. So don't take those counseling sessions lightly. Do what you are Told. I want you to know I'm very thankful for the elders and deacons and deaconesses that the Lord has given us at Lakeside. Wonderful men and women. They are a group of godly men and women. They are dedicated to Christ and they are devoted to serving you tirelessly. I hope that you pray for them. I hope that you appreciate them and the work that they do. And that you obey them in their church-related directives and the teachings of Scripture. Let them do their work with joy because you obey. And not with grief because you disobey. I can't tell you the grief that comes to an elder when there is a wayward sheep. There is a grief so painful that you cannot even describe it unless you experience it. Don't don't put them in that position. The ministry is hard enough. And I want you to know that church leadership indicates how very much the Lord loves you. Why do I say that? It's because of his love that he has given you loving leaders. That's an expression of his love. Leaders who work hard to make sure that you are accurately taught God's word and are cared for spiritually. That's the Lord's loving provision for you. Their leadership is God's provision to help you grow And mature spiritually. And when you submit to your leaders, you are in reality submitting to God. As I told you, that's one reason I think church membership is so important. You are submitting to God who has placed them over you. But if you are not interested in obeying and submitting to them at all, either you are a wayward Christian or else you are someone who's not a believer at all. And you need to face that reality. And get your life either right with the Lord or come to faith in him. Stop rebelling. Salvation takes place when you come to a point in your life when you recognize you are a wicked sinner who deserves a holy God's 
wrath for all of eternity. Strong words, but that's exactly what the Bible says. Says in the Old Testament, says in the New Testament. Salvation takes place when you recognize you are a sinner who has rebelled against God in heart, in word, in attitude, in failing to do what you ought to do. But you recognize that because of that, you deserve judgment. But God in his mercy and grace has provided a substitute, one who was judged for you. And that's Jesus himself, God who became man, who came to earth and died on behalf of sinners like us. His, his death was not a death of a martyr. It was not a mistake. He was the lamb, the sacrifice lamb placed on the cross, who gave his life for those who would believe. And when in your heart you recognize your sinful condition and you recognize that there is no other way to gain entrance into heaven, but only by being forgiven of your sins, then you come in repentance and in faith. You come to Christ and you admit your sinfulness and you trust him alone for your salvation, adding nothing else but Christ and his death alone. When you do that, you're saved. And the Bible says that he begins to transform your heart and he begins to mature you. And that's the path of becoming more and more like him. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for telling us about leadership in the church. Lord, your word is so sufficient for us. Your word addresses the issues we need to know. And I realize, Lord, that many have thought that leadership in the church, they don't need to hear about this, but we all do. This is the word of God. Help us to take heed to it. Lord, I pray for those in the counseling ministry who have sat for hours listening to their counselors and sometimes doing nothing. I pray that you'll convict them. I pray that they'll, you'll put a holy fear into them to do what they're told. And I pray for all of us, Lord, that we would appreciate those men who serve us. We would pray for them, help them to continue to be men of God, men who prioritize that the word of God is the heart of their ministry. I pray that you would also be pleased to give our deacons and deaconesses, continue to give them hearts to serve, godly character. Lord, we are so blessed as a church to have these men and women. May we esteem them highly for uh, the sake of the work they do, and may we honor you by being responsive to them. And I do pray, Lord, for anyone here who doesn't know Christ, I pray that you'll open their hearts to the gospel. They might run to you and embrace the only way to be saved from the penalty of judgment. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. What an awesome challenge. God calls the elders to watch over the souls of the people in the church. You can conjure up the image of a parent who is caring for his child. There is a vital relationship that is established. The parent will feel the hurt of his child, or live the disappointment and even failure of his child as if it was happening to him or her. Multiply this by the number of people in your church, and you can start to imagine the responsibility that an elder or pastor feels. Are you new to our verse-by-verse listening family? Tune in again for each broadcast. We want to help you come to know Jesus Christ in a personal way and help you grow in your faith. The Word of God keeps us from sin and helps us to grow in the knowledge of Him. Call us for help at 727 
239-0306. We'd love to hear from you. We can answer your questions or just pray with you. There are several helpful resources available on our website, versebyverseradio, all one word, dot org. You can sign up for our quarterly newsletter and download messages for free. You can listen by podcast to any of the messages right there online. We are in need of partners to contribute to the radio ministry. Would you consider sending a financial gift to our ministry so we can keep getting the message out? You can give over the phone, by mail, or through the website. Thanks for listening with us today. I pray that you have been blessed and that God is working in your life. I'm Jerry Pruden, and on behalf of all the staff of the ministry, I want to wish you a blessed day. We'll look forward to sharing with you around the Word of God on our next broadcast of Verse by Verse.